At New Beginnings, we are people connecting people to Jesus and His ever-restoring life where we live, work, and play. We want to raise relentless, Spirit-led disciple-makers who walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. This resource is made available to equip and empower our leaders in seeing how Restore Groups help accomplish this in the life of the disciple. I'm your host, Craig Connor, and today I will be joined by Jeremy Riddles, one of the ministers here at New Beginnings. What is up, Jeremy? What's up, my friend? How we doing? Great. It's always good. Anytime to have I'm you. in a room with Craig Connor, it's great. <sighs> Let's go. I'm telling you. Yeah, it's a good day. It's a good day. Praise God. Hey, we got a lot to discuss today, um, and we're going to get through it hopefully briefly for you guys that are listening. And again, I just want to say thank you to every Restore Group leader out there who has been faithfully following the Spirit as He guides us on this journey of discipleship. And the great thing is, it's not over. Right? That's right. Man, we get to follow Jesus with the rest of our lives. And what a privilege and a joy that is. And I never wanna I never wanna take that for granted. Yeah. I mean, uh, that that is the life we get to live. Walking with Jesus and and uh hopefully throughout your life group we, you have experienced the presence of God um through some of these disciplines that we have uh established within our within our restore groups. Again, as we talked about a while ago, um, it's not because the disciplines are some kind of special potion or magical. It's just they help us remove ourselves from getting in the way. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, they are, uh, we are our own worst enemy, and uh, getting to follow Christ is not natural for us. <laughs> and so it yeah. does require some discipline. So hopefully you have experienced victory. You have experienced the presence of God as a group. Um just to do a quick review, over the past couple of uh, weeks, uh, we've been talking about some conversations that we're going to have because, you know, one of these things, one of the things God calls us to do is to go and make disciples, and that is a calling for every disciple. So that requires some multiplication, right? That requires going out. A, a disciple goes out and calls other people to be disciples, right? And disciples them. So we're all called to make disciples. So we want to approach this correctly um, along the way. And so we talked we talked in week one, our conversation one is really focusing on why we multiply. And underneath that, we talk about who we talked about who will multiply. Uh, we talked about green light, yellow light, red light. Green is who's ready to go right now. Uh, yellow, maybe they're a little hesitant, uh, not ready to quite go yet yet. And then red is they need to stay with you a little bit longer, or they need to stay with you through one more season of discipleship before they might multiply. Um, and then we talked about uh, when we multiply in week one. Uh, so we need to set that date. We need to set that time period of when our current group is going to go out and start their own restore groups. Uh, conversation two, we talked about identifying potential members. Um, and we wrote down a list within our uh, restore our multiply guides of a lot of men or women uh, that we're going to ask to be in our future groups. And we began praying over those people, and we we saw that they needed to be people of faith, and we used faith as an acronym. Um, they needed to be faithful, available, intentional, teachable, and hungry. Um, and as you probably have experienced at this point, prayer can change a lot of things. Um, 
and uh, prayer can change who we want to ask. So as you begin praying down that list, you probably experience some uh, hesitancies with some of the names on that list, with some of the people that you originally thought would be good for the Restore Group, and God has kind of put a, a, a challenge in your life, in your mind, uh, maybe put an obstacle, or maybe he's just said, don't, very clearly, don't ask him. Um, and then there are other people that he is very much confirmed uh, that you need to go and invite them into your future Restore group. And our conversation today really picks up there. Um, prayer is one thing that can definitely change who we ask, uh, but this next conversation, our conversation today, will change a lot of things too, and will determine a lot of who will be in that group uh, that we multiply out of, uh, that we mul- when we multiply and, and begin to start. So I want to turn this over to Jeremy uh, to kind of introduce our topic for today and the conversation we need to be having. Yeah. Um, conversation three today, we're going to be talking about inviting and setting expectations for your potential Restore Group members, right? Mm. And so uh, I know the invite, you know, can be easy, but setting expectations a lot of times is where, you know, we get a little bit hesitancy, right? Yeah. Uh, and so kind of kind of going back to conversation one, you know, um, which one of your members should multiply? Um, and so that's a really big uh, part of this, right, is identifying those who are ready to go um, and maybe identifying those who, you know, you just need to work on one or two more things mm-hmm. over the next few weeks that they can solidify to be ready to multiply, right? Right. Um, and so really it's it's um, getting a, a good solid list of those who are ready to go and, mm-hmm. and then inviting them into this multiplication process, right? Right. Um, and some of our people, as we talked about in week one, won't be in your current group, won't be ready to multiply. But does that mean that this conversation isn't for them? No, no, it definitely is for them, right? Because discipleship isn't over until they multiply, right? And really, right. discipleship's never over. It's right. like a constant state of multiplying, right? right? And so they definitely should be in on the conversation. They should be, you know, thinking through who they can invite, that kind of thing as well. Yeah. Um, and, and they can invite people, even though they may be staying in your current group, their job is now to go invite one into the current group. Yeah. Because you're going to have others that are multiplying and leaving the group. So that leaves a vacancy there within your restore group. Have them step out and right. ask and invite. That's a great step in discipleship. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so it, that you're right. That is a step in discipleship, right? And they're not ready to go out all the way on their own, but that's a step that they can take right, uh, right here and you know, right now to, to be a part of that. Um, because really the goal is, yes, we want to multiply, but we don't just want to multiply just for the sake of multiplication, yeah, right. right? We want to multiply healthy groups, you know, <laughs> groups that are they're not going to flounder, right? Right, uh, right. What, You know, but we want we want groups to, you know, the members that are in there to really desire mm-hmm. growth and really take these uh, disciplines or practices right. uh, seriously, right? And so, healthy is better than uh, not healthy, obviously. But mm-hmm. um, multiplying for the sake of multiplying isn't the goal. Yeah, it's, it's uh, not helpful. Yeah, it's definitely not. It's helpful. not what God calls us to do. Yeah, absolutely. And so. Um, we don't want to invite people to challenge them, right, into discipleship, but we want to invite them uh, because they're already faithful yeah. to what they're doing. Uh, they're faithful in life group, um, and you see that, you notice that. And so we, we talk about it this way, like we don't want to lower the standard of restore groups just to invite somebody in there, right? Right. And right. so um, we don't want to lower the expectation. 
This isn't a sales pitch. No. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we're not, oh man, I got to get three or four people in my restore group. Uh, you know, who can I invite? It's it's not that. We want to be really intentional. Intentional. I love how you started this um, prayerful, right? Yeah, absolutely. God, God's working in other people's lives and putting that on their hearts. And yeah. so, and he's going to, he's going to let, let us know really who we need to invite and <laughs> yeah. who, who we, who we don't, you know? And so uh, that's why this inviting and setting expectations is so, um, so important. And really uh, there's two things to help you start a healthy uh, restore group. It's setting the, selecting the right people mm. and then setting the right expectations for them. Yeah. Right. Right. Up front, even like as you're inviting them, you're setting the expectation. Right. right? Um, and so uh, with, within your group, as you're talking about multiplying over these next few weeks, um, make sure you go back to what the expectations mm. were. Right? That's right. Um, because, you know, we were talking about this a little, little bit earlier, the expectations now today that you've been, you know, you've been doing these disciplines, you've been doing these things six months ago, they, they weren't as easy for you probably. Right. right? right and exactly. so, when you're inviting someone into this, it's it's someone who they don't really know mm-hmm. what this is about. And so you really want to set clear expectations up front in mm-hmm. order really to set them up for success so they know what they're getting into. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. They're, otherwise, you're both going to be frustrated midway yeah. or towards the end of this. Yeah, absolutely. Because the, there was a lack of communication on the mm-hmm. front. And you, it's really a matter of integrity. Um don't invite them with something that you don't really expect them to do, right? Yeah. Um, and the opposite is true. Like if your invitation doesn't include what you truly expect, um, that's a lack of integrity uh, in, our ex- in, in, in our invitation. And we got to be careful. Um, the heart behind it, I understand. The heart is I really want to help this person, right? And you might find yourself saying, man, I think Restore Group is really what they need to spark them. That's not what Restore Group's for, though. And yeah. we need to understand that. Absolutely. We're not trying to convince somebody to follow Jesus. We're not trying to to um, to motivate them into doing that. We are looking for the people that are right now, currently, chasing Jesus in the best way they know how. Yeah. That's what we're looking for. They They have shown faithfulness. They're involved in ministry, in ministries and volunteering and those and those kind of things around the church. They show up when you when you ask. Those are the people we're looking for. They're just hungry for God. And uh those are the people you want to invite. And that may sound exclusive. Mm-hmm. It sounds that way because it is. Yeah. Right? Um, think about all the people that follow Jesus. He fed five thousand men, then four thousand men. Right, all these people following his teaching, Sermon on the Mount, all these things happening with all these people. There were twelve that got to follow him everywhere. That's right. And then there were three that went up on the Mount of Transfiguration and a lot of other places with mm-hmm. him. Um, there is some exclusivity to the Restore Group and that idea, and that's something that we all want to catch. And you want your people, your current people, to catch. Yeah exclusivity is not saying I don't want anybody else. What it is saying is I want to genuinely focus with intentionality on the people in front of me. And you can't do that when there's a ton of them. That's right. Well, and not everyone's ready. That's right. 
not everyone has gone through, you know, not everyone's hungry for it. That's right. Not everyone's, you know, maybe they're in a tough season of their life and they're just yeah. not able to be as faithful to, you know, church and life group and volunteering right. as they want to be, What whatever it is, but not everyone's ready. You don't, can't just throw babies yeah. into the deep end all the time. That's you know right. I mean? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> there yeah. needs to be some training. Absolutely. Right. Um, yeah. So kind of going back to this conversation within your restore group, like what, what does that look like? For your restore group to talk about multiplying. I would really encourage you to have that multiply guide with you mm-hmm. uh, while you're talking about this so you can reference that. But this shouldn't take but probably 15 minutes of your restore group time. Yeah. Right. I mean, you're not most. Yeah. At, at most. And yeah. so we want to make sure as you're talking and, uh, you know, about inviting people uh, to, uh, you know, your restore group as you're multiplying, yep. setting those expectations. Um, as you're doing that, we're still doing our disciplines in That's our right. restore group, right? Yeah, and so absolutely. this is just a, a kind of addition over these next few weeks to to the conversation, right, Craig? Exactly, exactly. And, uh, you know, once you have identified these people, right, you can't just leave them there on a piece of paper, right? Where it's like, no, God wants me to invite them. I know my people. Awesome. Now it's time to invite. Now it's time to go and have some conversations, um, and that can be difficult, right? Yeah. Um, because you you guys have experienced some things in the past few months that are life-changing, earth-shattering, kingdom-enlightening things, right? And that's exciting. Yeah. Um, the people you're going to go talk to may not have had those experiences. Yeah. So some of the things that you're going to ex- expect in your invitation— um, might be a little scary and intimidating. That might come across as very intense, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a little too intense at times they may yeah. feel, right? Um, that's not a bad thing. Uh, you don't got to lower that intensity. But there are some things that we have to talk talk about because there are some common mistakes yeah. when we're challenged with that hesitancy from the person we're talking to. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Um, so one of those things is one of the mistakes we make Okay, one of the mistakes we make, and we've been talking about this, is the expectation. Mm-hmm. And we cannot talk about it enough Mm-mm. because I'm just telling you I have made this mistake. Yep. And it it's a big one. So I have to reiterate, one, uh, the first mistake would be not to bring your multiply guide to the conversation. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That, would be, that would be your first mistake mm-hmm. is to not bring that because you need, to, you need it to be clear what you're expecting. It needs to be accurate and it needs to be clearly communicated what we're expecting. Um, but then their response might be something that um, catches you off guard. So Jeremy, what, what, what is the natural tendency for somebody when, when the person you're talking to, when the person you're inviting begins to show some hesitancy, begins to say, whoa, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can do that every week or... I've never journaled before. I don't know if I'm okay with, I don't know if I want to do journaling. I'll read my Bible, but I just don't know. It's just, that's not me, right? When you start hearing these things in this conversation, Mm -hmm. what is the natural tendency for us to do and how do we, how do we approach that differently? Yeah. um, I think for, you know, most people um, going back to the exclusivity of things, right? Mm -hmm. Like we want to remove barriers. We want to say the right things, um, or maybe, you know, talk them into it. 
Right. Right. You know, yeah. if I'm having a conversation, I'm inviting someone to it. It's almost like you, you kind of turn into a salesperson right. doing yeah, a sales exactly. pitch. Um, and, but I think really, especially for like church world, Christendom, we want to in- include everyone. And this is something that, you know, goes back, we're highly evangelistic, highly missional. And, uh, and so it can be a tendency of yours or, you know, uh, ours to uh, try to remove the barriers, barriers, try to lower the expectation um, to invite them into this restore group. And, right. and that's something we don't want to do. And that's something, that's why it's important to have that re- multiply yeah. guide with you so that 100%. you can say, this, these are clearly the expectations. And hey, if, <laughs> if you can't do this for the next you know, nine months, right. that's okay. Yeah, exactly. That's okay. And, and be willing to say, hey, that's okay. Yeah, I'll be praying for you, and I would love to talk to you about this in nine months. That's so good. Yeah. That's so good. And um, I think just some good advice when when dealing with this is you should be okay with talking them out of it. Don't try to talk them into it, right? Like, if you find yourself saying, hey, you know what, for you, for you, I got a really good deal for you, right? <laughs> it goes back to the sales pitch <laughs> yeah. thing. Um, you don't want to start lowering our our standard, yeah. lowering the expectation, because remember that in that expectation is where you have experienced Christ. So you may end up robbing somebody of experiencing Christ because of a lowered expectation, and you might mar their understanding of what discipleship is. Well, I've tried discipleship; I'm not really for me. Yeah. Ah, it's bad timing. It was the wrong person that, you know? Yeah. And so when we don't set these expectations and don't hold them, it goes beyond, man, we're just not sticking to the booklet. No, 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 no. It's way beyond that. We, we may be robbing people of experiencing their Savior, experiencing the Holy Spirit, because they they don't have the same urgency and the same amount of weight put on some of these disciplines that are essential for the Christian yeah, and for our growth. That's good, Craig. That's really good. You almost cheapen discipleship. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So and dangerous. It is. Yeah, you don't want to do that. You want to hold, uphold the integrity of what we're doing here. Absolutely. You know, going back to that. So Yeah. Yeah. Um, so talking about that conversation, Craig, like when you're talking to someone, they have these, you know, barriers, you know, whatever it is. Like how, do you, how can you make sure that you get an authentic yes? You want to talk about that a little bit? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really? This is just a review section, guys. So you want an authentic yes? Um, Real simple. One, bring your multiply guide to the conversation. We've already said that. Two, do not lower the expectation that we set within a restore group. And most importantly, this is the last for best, okay? Uh, This is not the least. Um, Pray. And I cannot stress that enough um no restore group no multiplication no discipline works without prayer and so you want an authentic yes from somebody it's better if the holy spirit talks to them first and the holy spirit's talking to them during and after And so you may come into that conversation and then leave that conversation. The Holy Spirit does not leave them. Jesus does not leave them or forsake them. So it's much better to get on your knees 
and really pray about this and that God would begin speaking and the Holy Spirit would begin moving in the lives of the people you're going to talk to. And then this is what it is and present it as that. Um, and, and stay, and stay, uh, you stay authentic. Yeah. You want an authentic, yes, be authentic. That's good. And, uh, I think that that's super important. So, um, after, after everybody begins to, um, have these conversations in your group, um, what you need to do is as a leader, you need to add one accountability question. Okay. You need to start asking how and when do you expect to invite people on your list to restore group? Okay. Um, that is a, that's a great community question. Um, because we're all going to need that reminder, that intentionality, uh, part of your prayer time in your restore group should be praying for these people that, uh, that God would begin moving in their lives and preparing their hearts, that he would prepare your hearts, confirm, um, some of the people that he wants you to talk to, um, and guide those conversations. Um, because at the end of the day, guys, start well, you want to end well, you don't start well, you're going to end frustrated and defeated. Um, and, and that, and that's not the goal of any of these. So don't set your restore groups up for failure. Um, and then what's, um, Jeremy, there's, there's one more tip here that I'd like you to kind of talk about that we need to start implementing at this point, after we've had this conversation, after we've started inviting, what's something that within our restore group can alter or change a little bit at the, uh, after we've started having these conversations? Yeah. Yeah. So at this point, you know, looking forward to multiplication, um, you should really, as a leader, begin to take turns leading the restore groups. So mm-hmm. from week to week over the next few weeks, you won't be leading it anymore. That's right. Your, your restore group members that will be leading groups here, you know, in the next mm-hmm. few months, you should start giving them opportunities to lead the group. That's right. From week to week. Yeah. That's and, right. and what it's empowering them to do what they're about to start doing. That's you know, because exactly right. we, we don't want to set them up for failure. You know, mm-hmm. um, their first group that they're leading is their restore group, right? That's right. And so we want to do it within the safe space of the group that they've been in for over the last few months with the leader that they've been with. Right. So that, you know, that leader can, you know, maybe tweak some things or just help them understand right. something a little bit better, um, uh, how, to, how to lead. Yeah. And that kind of thing. Um, and so... Yeah, it's a huge thing, just empowering those guys or those girls to to start leading groups. That's right. And, yeah. and honestly, it's one of the best feelings in the world. When you watch somebody that has sat under your leadership begin to lead and begin to walk with courage in their calling and what God has put them on earth to do, to watch that happen um, is one of the most satisfying, most encouraging things. Um, so let God move in there. Don't worry about the control aspect of it. You don't need to control that. Uh, let God move and uh, let them walk in that calling. And it's a really cool thing. So after this conversation, you need to start setting up a rotation, right? Having other other people lead within your group. Well, Jeremy, thanks so much for joining the podcast today. It's always a pleasure getting to sit down and and uh, shoot the breeze about discipleship, right? Yeah, Something absolutely. we're both passionate about. Um, so And um, leaders know that... We're cheering you on. Uh, we're your biggest fans. 
and uh, we're praying for you and we are here for you if you need anything we want to make ourselves available to you so you can text call email whatever we want to hear from you uh, we want to equip you and empower you to raise up relentless spirit-led disciple makers who walk in the power of the holy spirit